0: All right. Good morning, everyone. Good to see everybody here this morning. Uh, We're going to be in first Peter chapter two. We'll be picking up at verse 18. And let's pray Lord, we look to you. Lord, you are the author and the finisher. Lord, you're the one who began the good work. So, Lord, we come this morning to come to look to the good shepherd, Lord, and the love of your uh, heart towards us, Lord. We ask that you would just take this word of yours, Lord, and open it up to us. And Lord, that message that's within the message, I pray that each individual would receive what you have and have ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you remember from last week, Peter has been encouraging the believers there concerning God's love and his faithfulness towards them and how they've been set apart and how they're to abstain from worldly lusts that wage against their soul and our soul. And even it, when it comes to government, you know, we are to be in submission to the government in every ordinance except when it violates the will of God. And even then we're to submit to the ordinances of the will of God or the will of the, the government because, like as Peter did, you, know, you choose between whether it was good to obey you or God, but we're going to obey God. And so they suffered the consequences and that's for us. If we're going to obey uh, the rules or the ordinances of the law and they go against and they violate the will of God, then what we have to do is say, um, well, I'm going to submit to God. I'll submit to your rules and I'll subject myself to whatever correction you have. And so that's where we go as believers is that we can follow every ordinance of the of the land as long as it doesn't violate the will of God and the word of God. So we're moving on now, and we're in verse 18 of chapter two. He's just Peter's just given us an overview of our lives and what it's like in the world. And now he's going to get a little more personal with us here. He says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh, for this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully, for what credit is it? When you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. Now, in those days, they had uh, millions of Christians and are not millions of Christians, but millions of slaves. And most of those uh, slaves were Christians and so the slaves that they would come under the subjection of their masters and that's something that that we have today is that we can't even talk about what history we have and want to correct history we want to say something that we never did slaves well yes we did and it was wrong and so yeah but we can't rewrite history to do so would be a lie and so we live in a time of deception we live in a place where well in the in in this whole section, Peter's talking about be submissive to your masters. He's talking about the slaves that were there, and those slaves were forced to be slaves. Now, uh, if they chose not to be, they could be branded or even put to death. And, and today we have employers. Well, they're not quite that bad, you know. I mean, they don't they don't do what these guys did, but basically. Uh, the slave owners or those who there there were some who were gentle who were kind and even took care of their slaves in such a way that they they would pay them they would give them a wage they were actually basically they were in servitude but yet at the same time they were treated as if they were free men but that wasn't always the case we have records of, of how that was then and the slavery that was there at that time. And many of the masters were cruel, mean, and they abused and they hurt. Just like what happened here to us in the South. And so you can have good and you can have bad. But it depends on, on, the, on the, the master and whose master he belongs to. If that master belongs to Jesus, he's going to treat everybody the same. But at the same time. Uh, It's still not good and it's not something that God condones, but it's something that is history. It's part of what's happened. Now, basically, Peter's saying in verse 9 or 19, if we suffer wrong because of uh, our conviction, because of our relationship with God, it's to be commendable. He's, He's sitting back and he says, for it is commendable if because of conscience toward God. In other words, he's talking about our conviction. If we're convicted by the will of God and by the word of God and our relationship with God, if we are punished or we are suffered wrongly because of it, it's commendable because we're following in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus did what the will of the Father, and no matter what that will was, he went that direction. Remember when he said, I fixed my eyes like flint on Jerusalem? He knew what was ahead of him. He knew that the cross awaited him. He spoke in the third person that the Son of Man would suffer at the hands of sinners and would be crucified. He knew what was ahead of him. And so in our relationship, as we walk with Jesus, we understand that he went that way. And so we're going that way and we will be commended. And the, the, the words that we want to hear when we come into the presence of God, really just two words, isn't it? Well done. You did it. You did it. You did what I wanted you to do. You did what I called you to do. And so Peter says there in verse 20, if if we've been beaten because uh, we did something wrong, well we would deserve the punishment. We deserve it. But if you're beaten for doing something good and you take it, it blesses God. It blesses him because you're you're following in the footsteps of Jesus. You're a, you're you're a witness of your relationship with him because he is uh, that that Conviction that that consciousness of what you have in Christ is being manifested there and you'll be commended for that. I'll be commended for that. So Jesus in, in other words Jesus is our example. He is the the foundation. He is the one that we look to if he did it we do it if he went through it we'll go through it if he suffered well, we'll suffer. So it's all about Jesus you want to know where and how your life is to be lived Fix your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith. Fix your eyes on Jesus. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen because of him. And so it's good to keep our focus on him. So verse 20, 21. He says, for to this you were called. Now, the question is, called to what? Okay, called to endure, called to suffer. That's what you're called. Because we just looked back at the previous verses. For this... For to this you were called, to endure, to suffer, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. You remember from the cross? as they were as they were crucifying him his words were from the cross father forgive them for they don't know what they do and then he said he committed himself to him who judges rightly into your hands i commit my spirit so he's committing himself to god now the majority of the christians in those days they hadn't seen jesus now they'd heard about him they'd heard about how he lived and how he suffered. They, they learned about him by the witness of those who had been with him. And so his life through them became the example for all of us. Now today we're a lot like those Christians back then. We haven't seen Jesus. All we have is the word of God that has told us about Jesus. And so we learn from the word of God that our our loving Savior suffered and died and rose again on the third day and ascended to the right hand of the father. And so it's because of the word of God. That we know that he endured. And by faith we look. And we learn from the scriptures. That we we were to study. To show ourselves approved. A workman not ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We're to look into the scriptures. And di- dissect them. And find out these things. It's, a, it's my job. And it's your job. To search the scriptures. To see if they are so. Like the Bereans. That's who we're supposed to be like. And so today, uh, we're a lot like them. Now, since he is our example, we're to be an example. If you look at the light that has been turned on in your heart, then you're to take that light and turn it on for fellow believers and to those in the world. Paul said to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, he says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word. Now, notice these. In word and what you say and how you conduct your words, in conduct the way that you live your life, in love and the way that you uh, uh, express God, in spirit be spiritual, in faith and in purity. In, in other words, just be holy as as I am holy. God says this is holiness. We're talking about holiness. Now, under the extreme pressures of the beatings and the abuse and finally the cross. Jesus never sinned. I mean, can you imagine? You look at yourself and you put yourself in those circumstances. How would you react? How would I react? Uh, I, I know in my own flesh, and my own strength, I could not do that. But I've never been put in that situation. But he never spoke. If you notice there in verse 21, he never spoke deceitfully. He never misled anyone. The Greek word there for deceit is to plot. To gain, to lure, or to mislead. Jesus never misled us in any way. He was plain. He was out in the open. Instead, uh, uh, when he was threatening, or those those who were threatening him and beating him, he prayed for them. He prayed for them. And in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, he said to the disciples... Oh, excuse me, Matthew five forty four. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them. Go that uh, go that extra mile. Now, as you look at this, Jesus walked in every aspect of Matthew chapter five verse forty four. He showed agape love. Now. Agape love is that selfless, sacrificial love. It wasn't about him. He showed it to everyone, even to those who were spitefully misusing him and abusing him. This is the picture of our spiritual life. This is what our spiritual life should look like. But our old nature doesn't look anything like that. Our old nature isn't anything like that. The old nature's first reaction, if that this was us... Was, will you hurt me? I'm going to hurt you. That's the first reaction of our old nature. But that wasn't Jesus' response. That wasn't his response. He never retaliated, even under the duress from those who were doing him wrong. He never did. He never misled anyone. He never had a hidden agenda. He spoke right out in the open. He said there in, Matthew, in Luke chapter 22, verse 53. When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. All that's saying there of him is that I was out in the open. Everything that I was saying was right there. You had your opportunity to take me. You didn't. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. But I want you to notice something in verse 23 there. Notice the contrast and the comparison that's in that verse. When, when reviled... He did not revile. He didn't do what we would have done. He didn't act like we would have acted. And Jesus is the contrast of the spirit-led life versus the carnal-led life. We want to know what a spirit-led life is like. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Watch Jesus. Look at him. And he never looked to himself in, to pass judgment. Now, he is the judge and he will judge. But during this time, he came to be the suffering servant. He came to suffer for us. He came to die for us. There is a day that he will be the judge, but not here. And so he didn't take that upon himself to pass judgment. In every situation, he committed that situation to the Father. He committed everything to the Father. In the same way, we should commit ourselves to the Father in those situations and trust him to take care of what you can't take care of, what I can't take care of. We come to that place where... Things are out of control. Things are out of our hand. What are we going to do? You, we need to come and commit it to the Father. Let Him be the one who makes the difference. Let Him be the one who speaks. Let Him be the one. Lean not under your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. When you don't know what to do, come back to the basics. Get your eyes on God. Chronicles came to the time when Israel was pressed up against they didn't know where to go or what to do we don't know what to do but our eyes are upon you there's a place where all of us have been i don't know where to go i don't know what to do and the only one i can turn to is god the only one that we can turn to is god trust him in spite of what everything else is being said or done trust god He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He promises to be with you. He promises to uphold you with the righteousness of His right arm. He's going to hold you in those moments. But we struggle. And it's hard. He's the the good shepherd who loves us and continues to love us. And the only way that we can live this kind of spirit-led life is to live a crucified life. You know, pick up your cross daily and deny yourself and follow me. Living a crucified life means not my will, but his be done. He must increase, I must decrease. This is the born again, new spirit filled life. This life enabled us to live and walk in a spirit led life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. It's when his words get into us and began to Move us in the heart and in our spirit. That's when we begin to walk in the spirit. When he says this is the way walk in it. We know that's the way we should walk in. That's the way we should go. When he says stop. We learn how to listen and say okay yes Lord. So Peter says in verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we having died to sin. Might live for righteousness whose stripes you were healed. He's quoting from Isaiah 53, uh, verse 5 there. So not only has Jesus left an example to follow, but he's also given us the, bil- the ability to walk in that and to follow that example and to live that example. God didn't just place us here to just be a bunch of, you know, of sponges and absorb everything. He wants that sponge to be squeezed out. He wants that sponge, he wants you to be able to be filled to overflowing and then out of your innermost being will flow that river of living water. We're to be a sponge that when he squeezes on us in those moments that outflows his life, his words, his power. But something miraculous happened when we began to truly believe and accept that what Jesus did for us and paid for all of our sins, something miraculous happened. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. Because what happened is we began to experience spiritual life. We began to experience something that's outside of the norm. Outside of us. And we began to identify with him. We began to see him how he is. And that sinful nature is still in us. But the power to rule over us has been broken. Broken. Has been broken. Even though you know. That the sinful nature Pulls towards sin. We still sense that. that it, Paul said to the Romans. The things I don't want to do. Those are the very things that I do. O wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me. From the body of this death. And he says. Thanks be to God. It's Christ Jesus. And then chapter 8. Is the, is the crown of that. There is therefore now. No condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh. The old life, but after the spirit, he's talking about this is the way out of it. This is the way that we get to that place of victory is walking and being spirit led and spirit obedient, listening to him and walking to him. The old nature is there, but you know what? It's, it's now before we didn't have the ability to say no and to walk away from that sinful nature. But now being born again and filled with the Spirit and having a new life and new power, we are enabled to live the Spirit-led life. The Holy Spirit says this is the way. And He speaks to us. And we have that confirmation. I love that He, he speaks to me. And I know He speaks to you too. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because He is in you is greater than He who is in the world. In Christ. We have the power. To resist the sinful nature. Greater is he that's in us. Than he that's in the world. If the flesh is in the world. We're not going to get victory. But if you're in the spirit. And you're in Christ. You have the ability now. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. To just say. You know what God. I submit self to you. And I'm resisting this. And I'm walking with you. The flesh. You know. Just start talking to God about it. Just start talking about it. If you're in a struggle, start talking to him. He's, he's a big God. He's not worried about it. He says, I'll come there and I'll be with you and I'll strengthen you and I'll uphold you. and I'll He will be the one. He will be your victory. He's my victory. And so Peter, he's been quoting a lot from, from Isaiah 53. He's been quoting things in bringing us to that, that reality of the Messiah, how he would be despised and rejected and smitten of God and would bear our sins in his body and now he gives us the reason why jesus suffered all of that for you put your name in there for you were like sheep going astray who's that that's me i did it you know and i think it's in spanish me culpa it's my fault i put jesus on the cross my sins put him there but for you were like sheep going astray but now but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Because of sin, we, choose, we chose not to go the right way. Because of sin, we chose not to go the right way. We chose not to go with God. We chose to go after our flesh. Because of sin, we began to submit to the power of the fallen nature. Because of sin. But praise God, Jesus is a sin breaker. Praise God, he's the one who breaks the power of sin. And that's where Isaiah, he's talking and Peter's saying, we like sheep have all gone astray. Because of that, we have that, that pull to wander. Lord, I know my heart, to wander we sing in that one old hymn. But Peter quotes here from Isaiah 53, 6. He says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. From the moment we were born, our sinful nature has been messing with us. From the moment we were born, our sinful nature has been messing with us. Just look at a little child. Oh, they're so sweet. They're so sweet. Yes. Yes. Watch and see if they don't start exhibiting sinful traits. As they grow, they're selfish. As they grow, they're angry. As they grow, they're disobedient. As they grow, they begin to lie. (laughs) You watch them play a game. They'll cheat. They'll cheat. See, they're just acting out the sinful nature, the pull of the sinful nature in them. And we, like sheep, have all gone astray. There's not one of us that haven't been there. We're in a room filled with sinners that have been saved by grace, by love, and by the power of the blood of the Lamb. That's all we are. We're, we, we know we struggle with sin, but praise God we have power over that through the blood of Christ and through His life and through that power of the Holy Spirit in us. And he says, and now... Return to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You know, sheep, when the sheep go out and they begin to graze, the shepherd, as they're grazing, the, she- the shepherd, he watches them. And he makes sure that they don't get in any trouble. You know, sheep have a, have a tendency to wander. The, the, and they have a tendency to get themselves in trouble. You know, I, I used to raise sheep. Little rascals, man, that's what they are. You know, so all I can do is look you around here and say, you know, you're all a bunch of little rascals. You know, you just, and we all are. We all sit back and have a tendency. Well, when they wander off, when they begin to get into trouble, the shepherd comes. He's got his eye on them. He's got his eye on you. He's watching you. He's looking at you. He goes where you go. If he lives in you and you've been born again and you're a part of his his spirit. That is in you, wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you see, whatever you handle, whatever you do. He's there. He's right there. And he's looking through your eyes. He's seeing. you imagine this? Whatever you see, he sees. Whatever you touch, he touches. And he's not unaware of where we are. He's with us. And I say, praise God. Thank you, Lord. I want you with me. I need you to be with me. I need that confirmation of your presence and your power to overcome me i am my worst enemy you know the enemy can tempt me the enemy can do all this but it's me i'm the one who does it i can't blame you you know it's like adam and eve adam said well lord it's the woman you gave me sorry ladies but guys are guys have an escape you know they sit back and they try to blame and they play the blame game But the shepherd comes running and he is there to be the overseer of our souls. Ezekiel says this concerning that situation of the shepherd and the sheep. Ezekiel thirty-four twelve. he says, as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day, he is among his scattered sheep. So I will seek out my sheep and deliver them. Isn't that precious? Isn't that precious? I'm going to go looking for you is what he's saying. I will deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. In other words, Jesus saw the dark, cloudy day when we wandered off. He saw it. And he kept his eyes on us. And like a good shepherd, he came to our rescue. You think about the day of your salvation and what happened. Most of a lot of the testimonies are really sweet and just very gentle and good and great. But then there are those horrendous ones where you've got to come to the edge of the cliff and you fall off. And then you come to the end of yourself and you come and say, I don't know what to do. And there he is. He's the shepherd watching as you're wandering, as I'm wandering. And he's there to come and usher you to his presence. He's come to rescue us and to save us. Not only one day salvation. I want to tell you this. It's not a one time deal. It's not a one and done. It's an everyday done. It's happening all the time. Because every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. None of does good. No, not one. And we all have that place where, well, did you exaggerate on that? I went fishing the other day and I caught a fish that big, you know, really it was only that big. Liar, you know. The truth is, is that he's there to bring us to that humility of saying, yeah, really it was only that big. Be honest. Bring us to that place. He's the shepherd of our soul that's leading us into the paths of righteousness for his namesake. So as we've seen, sheep have the tendency to wander off. So I just want to say today, maybe, uh, maybe you've wandered. Maybe there's something that you should have done or sh- didn't do or you shouldn't have done. I just want to tell you right now is just a point where you can say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me and turn from where you are and whatever it is, turn. And I'll tell you this, he, he promises to meet you with one word deliverance, and power. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches in John 15, 5. He who abides in me, that means to live and to draw your sustenance from the, the, the vine and, and the branches. If you don't get, if that branch is broke off, you don't have any more source. If he is the source, he who abides, that I am his source, and I in, I in him bears much fruit. There is no fruit above. Apart from abiding in the vine. For without me, without being in that vine, you can do nothing. You can't have any life. You can talk the spiritual life. You can say everything. You can quote all the scriptures and everything. But if there is no spiritual life, this is what God wants from us. He wants a spirit led life, He wants a spirit filled life. There is the fulfillment. There is the abundant life that Jesus speaks of. That's coming to that place of surrender and letting him. If you're there and you're wandered. Whatever you've gone through. Let him be the one who gets the victory for you. I can't get to the victory. You know a lot of times people think that pastors are the ones who get the victory. I have no victory. I have nothing. All I have is the one who does the, the conquering. All I do is point you to the one who take you out of where you are and show you the firm foundation and the rock to stand on. I can show you that way, but it's, it's for us to make that step and to take that step. So if you're here this morning, whether saved or unsaved, it doesn't matter. He's here. He's here to take that burden from you. Wherever two or three are gathered in his midst, there he is. I'm in their midst. Jesus has chosen to come and sit with us here this morning. I mean, if we could pull back the veil between this reality and the reality of the presence of God, I think we would all go, (gasps) I I startled you, didn't I? I think we would just go, you know my word, wow. I think we would just go, wow. You read Ezekiel and you see the angels Hey, they got four faces. They got six, six wings. They got hooves. They got, they, these are awesome creatures. If we could open back this veil and look into the presence of the kingdom of God and these angels that are here with us, and here sits with Jesus wherever two or three are gathered into my midst, there I am here. We're, we're sitting in the tabernacle of God here. This is the presence of God. And God wants to move us into that place of reality. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. My body's here, but my heart is in heaven. I want to be so heavenly minded that I can be earthly good. I want my mind to be fixed on those things in heaven. And that's what God has spoken to us. So if you're here and you're, you're unsaved and, and you want to get saved, it's just real easy. All you have to do is confess that you're a sinner Ask for forgiveness and accept Jesus' way of salvation. That it's only through Him, and invite Him to come into your heart and wash away all your sins. You know, the, we can go all through our lives. Had a lady once in Savannah, been in church all of her life. She'd been in church all of her life, and uh, she wasn't saved. We had a Bible study at my house. She came, and, and back then we just had a bunch of teenagers, and and so at the end of the message, I gave an uh, invitation to receive Christ as, uh, as their Savior. And she, none of the kids raised their hand. They were, all, they were on fire. <laughs> they were ready to go. She raises her hand. And Susie and I, we were looking and we go, well, okay, you know. And so afterwards, we called her over and said, you know, What's going on? Are are you you don't know him as your Savior? You don't you don't know him in salvation in the way of salvation? And she said, "I've been in church all my life. I've been in church. I've done Sunday school. I've taught Sunday school. I've done everything in church. But I have never known the way of salvation until tonight. That it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ." that I get to enter in. It's only by his work that I can come in. And I believe that and I want that and I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart and forgive me. We prayed for her. She accepted Jesus Christ. She's got tears running down her face. And she looked at me with a big smile and she said, mean all those years of all the potato salads that I brought to all those products doesn't amount. I said, hey, the people really enjoyed it, but it had nothing to do with your salvation. It's all about Christ. The surrender to the peace of God is knowing Jesus Christ. You want to know peace? You want to have peace of God and peace with God? Ask Jesus into your heart. Maybe you're here, maybe you're a believer, and you're that sheep that's wandered. We know what that means. It's a broken place, isn't it? And I'm sorry for us as a fellowship, we know that. There's a challenge. Which way are we going to go? What do you want to do? It's up to you. It's your choice. It's my choice. I choose Jesus. I choose the way of salvation through Christ. I choose that open door that He has given. I don't choose. Religion, I don't choose any of that. I choose the only one who's able to save me, and that's Christ. So there's two invitation as we close this morning, and we're going to sing, and and uh, but afterwards, matter of fact, the Lord just said no right now. He said no right now. Uh, close your eyes. And you're here this morning and the Lord has prompted and touched you. Especially for the way of salvation through Christ. If you're here and you have never said in your heart, maybe you were like this gal that was at in Savannah. Maybe you're like her. Maybe you've been in church. I don't know. And I don't want to assume anything of any one of you. Because that would be my fault. I want to look and see and I know the Lord wants to search and try our hearts as as Zayden was sharing earlier, that search and try my heart. If you're here this morning and you, you say, you know what? I thought I, I was, but I'm not sure, but I want to make sure that he's my savior. If you're here this morning, just raise your hand and I'll pray for you. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to make you feel like you're an oddball outside of the fellowship. We're here to... Usher you in. If you're here this morning and you want to say yes, I would love to pray for you. Lord God, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the confirmation, Lord of salvation. Thank you, Lord God. And on the other side of the coin, maybe you're the believer hits here. Maybe you've been wandering And you've wandered into places that you go, you know what? I need help. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to help me here. I've been struggling. If that's you, raise your hand and I'll be, I'd love to pray for you. Yes, I got that hand. Anyone else? Praise God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. God, we know without you we can do nothing. But with you we can do all things, Lord. And I pray for these, Lord. I pray for the, the way of salvation and I pray for the struggle. I pray for the infilling power of the Holy Spirit to come and fill us in this room afresh so that, Lord, we can go back out and be a witness again, a light to this world and to one another. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. You can stand if you would like. Lord have your place Lord we pray for that predominant place of the throne of God in our hearts that Lord you would take your place Lord it's yours so we say yes Lord have your way Lord be glorified and so we can come back and Lord we can testify of the great and mighty things that our God has done with us as we share and we fellowship in Jesus name amen The Lord bless thee thee. and and keep thee, the Lord make his face to shine upon thee. And be gracious unto thee, and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. That's what we want. We want the peace of God to rule our hearts. God bless you all. Bless each other with the love and the peace of God this morning. God bless you. You need prayer for healing or for any other thing. The elders and I would love to pray for you. God bless you today.